Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off, and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup. And let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative insurgency up, in their man. lives. You fire me up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Yeah, Morgan, I was talking the other day... Uh, about Ramadi, man. I, there's we got this little, we got into a tick where it was it was bad. It's where Elliot got hit. I mean, it was mm-hmm. a, a good one, man. He only got his his legs cut off at the Achilles. I mean, that was just the only thing hanging him on. And then mm-hmm. and then Elliot, man, he he lost his leg. He had all kinds of stuff going on. And both those guys, uh, Hilly, man, he runs faster than he did before he got injured. He was a jet. Sure. And then Elliot, sure. he's he's up moving around. He has that prosthetic leg. And uh, mm-hmm. just uh, you know, those guys, man, you see them get hit. God damn, man, that was such a terrible. That was a hard day, man. And it truly is inspirational to, just to walk around with those guys, the ones that have been hit harder than other team guys. We all get hit. Right. We all have to go through the same stuff. But then, man, it's when when our when our boys get hit and are suffering. We all our collective. We surround them and, and motivate them, yell at them. You know, the best thing we did for Elliot was get him into the gym and just kind of talk to him like a team guy. Yep. Yeah, you treat a man like they're broken, they're going to act broken. You treat them like they're whole, they're going to act whole. Team guys are the worst at that. You know, if the, if the mood is, we're, you know, we're, we're this way right now. All of us will fall into that. Well, sometimes it can be hard to look at the remaining consequences of what could potentially happen to you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man, you try. That's, well, one that's aspect. the thing you don't that's ever think negative. about. Yeah, man. That's a negative. But yeah. then on the positive side of that, they also turn into because they're not going to quit and they come back and some of them are still doing <laughs> as good or better of a job. Well, that's what, or they've moved on to something you know, else and they're successful and they become now like an inspiration that shows you or gives you an example to compare yourself to that says that when, when you're, you know, feeling like bitching out or something like that, you say, God, what the hell's the matter with me? Well, that's the kind of thing. When I went back after I got out of the hospital and dropped back in, I, why wouldn't I go back? You know, firefighters make a bad fire. They go back. That's what we are, man. We're, you know, we're gunfighters. Well, that's we, home. we go. We, that, we, that's home for us. You, that, that's going home is going back to where we are at the highest versions of ourselves. Well, the guys before mm. us went back. I mean, team guys, they get busted up. That's a right. I mean, that's an, an honor thing, right? With team guys, how tough, you know, and it shows the guys coming up underneath us, man, you're going to get hit and your ass is going to go back because our country demands that of us. I mean, that's set in my head big time. And my, especially with my teammates and every team guy thinks like, oh, I need to be there for my brothers. And you, you know, when you throw that idea on the table and walk out the gate and it shuts behind you, you're like, Hey, I left my wallet. Maybe they don't need me that bad. <laughs> yeah. You You're waiting for somebody to show up to open the door yeah. for you. Morgan shows up. He's like, can I help you? I was like, man, I left my wallet, man. And he goes, man, I never seen you before in my life. Oh, you man, this is a secure area. You got a badge? <laughs> no, I don't have no damn badge. <laughs> but it just and another thing about our guest today the reason i was talking about that man it, it goes it, it doesn't have to be you don't have to be in the seal teams one to get hit and two to to push forward i mean it happens across the board obviously you know you look at what we do for a living you can absolutely look to that for injuries as well mm-hmm. you know we're, we're we're kind of a a walking medical diagram of injuries and, and um overcoming injuries and what our guest shows, man, is that it goes across the board. Man, woman, child, it doesn't matter who, who you are, man. Sometimes, you know, you can get hurt in what you do. Something can get a hold of you that you're not expecting. And the only thing that separates that is, is your mental drive. That's what separates us right. is, our, is our mental drive. I mean, the injuries, yeah, you kind of. That's the most critical. Yeah, they, some people get hurt and they're like, oh, I'm only at, Doc says only at 40%. That's what you're going to get out of me. No, no, man, you're 100% now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right there. What's your new hundred look like? All you gotta do is redefine what's your new what's your new hundred. And what I love about this upcoming guest is, you know, it 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 is listen, when you get out of the special operations community, there's a few things you say you're probably never gonna do again. One, you're never gonna get in the cold water again, you're never yeah. gonna run again, all this other stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. She's so motivational, man. She makes you want to get out in the woods and give out, you know, because we spent a lot of miles on goat trails and all that other stuff, right? Oh. But we were on patrol. There's a difference between patrolling and hiking. <laughs> you know, patrolling you're not there to see the views and all that other stuff. And when we do it, there's a lot of the world we haven't seen in daylight. Yeah. And her story of just hiking and drinking the world in uh, is is amazing. Absolutely. She went to an environment that can literally cause our injuries that, well, not that she has now, but she has a disease. The lupus is what affected her. But let's think about that, man. She's on those trails and walking the injuries that she could sustain uh, while rather anybody can. Right, but she yeah. got it. She got it, and then went in there and, and hit it. So that's absolutely. Let's let's do a little. Let's 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 do an, an overall arc to give an idea of what Stacy's about. So her biggest challenge here is uh, she was diagnosed with lupus uh, when she was 19 years old. Now, lupus has a bunch of different forms. Uh, I'm just going to take this right off a of definition. It's the name given to a collection of autoimmune diseases in which the human immune system becomes hyperactive and attacks healthy tissue. Symptoms of these diseases can affect many different body systems, including joints, skin, kidneys, blood, heart, lungs, basically the whole enchilada. And for in her case, it attacked her spinal cord, which led yeah. to progressively worse uh, paralysis through her body to eventually she was uh, diagnosed as a paraplegic. She acquired, I'm sorry, a quadriplegic. Right. She was diagnosed as a quadriplegic. That's the craziest thing about autoimmunes, man, when they get into the spine, because the spine is connected to everything, just resonates through there. And I mean, Morgan's smarter about this than I am, but ah, dang. But just um, how frightening that would be, uh, because apparently these things come in flare-ups. So she would mm-hmm. have a flare-up, her body would be attacked, she would be in the hospital for extended periods of time, and she would come back she would be worse, obviously. Uh, she would have lost mobility. Following that, she would have had to battle to recover some of that mobility, become uh, healthy again. Never quite the same. So, yeah, subsequently less than what she was. In the- yes, never quite the same, despite all that effort, and then get hit with another, another flare-up, which would then again pull her right, pull her further down that road um, uh, in paralysis. God dang, man! I if, if you get something inside of you that affects you and s- systemic, right? I mean, just kind of floats through you. She has that flare up, and the fact that it can't be identified uh, or it's different in every person. Oh, right. She works her butt off to get back mobility, less than what she had. And she's moving out, hit, gets hit again, goes back down. The drive that you have to keep doing that because you don't know. I mean, it's literally it's debilitating. Can't imagine how frustrating. <laughs> Best way to say, like, just frustrating. What the, you know, what the hell is is affecting me? Well, she's doing harder things with less by design. She's like, all right, you're going to take a percentage of performance away from me? Great. I'm going to do something harder. And so, like, that new 100%, like, she is constantly changing that. Hey, I'm going to do a harder thing with Mm -hmm. less every time. You're going to take some more away from me? Great. I'm going to go climb a higher mountain. The weaker her body gets, the stronger her mind gets, right? So that's, Mm -hmm. that's. Yeah. You know, we're trying to reconcile that with who we're about to get to visit with and and to make it even more ridiculously awesome she's calling us from the trail like she's not she's not calling us from she's not calling us from the spa like she's probably she's she's probably on top of some boulder (laughs) with a you know with a rain fly over her pointed northeast on an azimuth so she can find the one four bar cell signal i mean yeah, we, we haven't even we haven't even we haven't finished basically the story. We've put her in in this terrible situation, but what everyone needs to know and what originally brought her to our attention is that she has through hiked the Appalachian Trail, two thousand one hundred eighty nine yeah. miles of hiking with the assistance of, uh, I don't know. These things look like something Tony Stark, yeah, Iron Man, might have, Iron might Man built. Um, but that's what originally brought her to our attention is. Uh, such an incredible accomplishment. Oh, how, how many miles do we run when we graduate buds? It's something. Clint, do you remember that? They had that outline like how far we in. swim? Yeah, it's from Florida to I, New York. I, I it's 2,000 it something miles. miles. Every day back. It's six miles every day to tr- just chow. Chow, chow. Every day. I think it's. Your, I mean, just, just to go every eat. day to chow over six months and all these other things. I, I think it's around 
2000 something if i'm not mistaken man she's she definitely she's already banged out how many miles we run in buds and she's not done yeah as a quadriplegic and that's that's incline decline too that's that that's not like straight line of the chow hall that's going up going down yeah i only bring that up because of how bad we are running yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. She's not walking through the airport. She's not walking down the sidewalk. She's going up mountains, over boulders, crossing creeks, rivers, yeah, man, let's, whatever. Uh, let's get her on here, man. I got to hear this. Yeah. All right. Clint, you want to kick this off? Yes, I will initiate the mad minute. And I'm excited about this one because she may or may not be able to tell us the truth. I don't know what the rules are on being on the Appalachian Trail. It's a question asked all of our guests. Sasquatch, yes or no? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I've uh, seen some pretty big footprints out there. So yes, that's all I can yes. say. I'll take that as a yes. Move on. We don't need to explain <laughs> anymore. Stacy says yes. <laughs> that's actually a big deal, Stacy. You, you have no idea. Yeah, I mean, you have no idea. You have no idea. I think he had to deny it because it's classified. And uh, you know, the Philippines has a back a bigfoot too, but it looks like Chaka from Land of the Lost. It's much smaller. It's a smaller bigfoot. Yeah. You know, actually, uh, when you spend a lot of time out on the trail and you don't get yourself, you can't get to a shower. Um, everyone kind of looks like that eventually. I know. I wish. Oh wow! Maybe that's what it is. Someone like Clint fell down the hill and got muddy and <laughs> draped in, covered in leaves, some kind of natural ghillie suit. And that grunt is, is him climbing back up the hill. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, that's how I got. That's how I got away with things in Syria. Everyone was like, "Is that Lieutenant Brewster? Is that a Sasquatch?" We don't really want to chase it and find out. The actual, the o- yeah. original footage, the authentic footage of the of the Sasquatch walking through that little hollow right there. That's actually Clint trying to escape from Sear School. And he looks over and sees his truck. <laughs> All right, your, your question, Mark. All right, uh, fa- favorite superhero? Uh, favorite, that's a good question. Uh, everyone said, uh, I've been hearing lately that I have a Wonder Woman pose. Um, <laughs> I'm just uh, realizing this. That some pictures that have been out there, they say I have a Wonder Woman pose with my hands on my hips or something. But actually, the true uh, story behind that is I don't feel my legs, and my physical therapist actually uh, kind of helped me figure this out. The reason I stand like that is just because it helps me with my balance, and I didn't even realize I was doing it. So, I don't know. Maybe I should go with Wonder Woman since everyone keeps saying that. But Spider-Man sounds pretty awesome because I oh. really need Spider-Man. Well, now that's Marcus's favorite, and... From here forward, you can oh, do no wrong in his book, sure. I promise you. Spider-Man, all the way. I'm still trying to... Uh, I was going to say, people think that you're hiking down this nice dirt path on the Appalachian Trail, but there's these house-like boulders. I think Spider-Man's powers could come in handy for the climbing. <laughs> yeah. I would say that Wonder Woman has a Stacy pose. <laughs> That's funny. Wonder Woman didn't do the Appalachian Trail. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah? That's a true <laughs> statement. Wizard, your question. All right, um, Stacy, give us one bucket list item you are yet to accomplish. Um, I think right now I'm hoping that the big guy upstairs gives me enough strength to get through some a couple more uh, long distance trail trails. I want to finish this Pacific Crest Trail that I'm on now, and then do the CDT Continental Divide nice. trail after that. You're actually on the trail right now, is it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I still have like. 2,500 more miles to go. So. Yeah. Just around the corner. <laughs> I'm trying not to look that far ahead. But. Just go to the like tree that. in front of you. <laughs> Marcus and I want to find a way to come out where you are. and, and well, At least I do. I want to get on the trail with you just for a little while. Just and Ideally, something like really flat or downhill. I'm really good at downhill. Uphill. Yeah, the, the some of the downhills you can't underestimate those. Though I do those on my butt sometimes. <laughs> I have an incredible ability to fall down mountains. Yeah, <laughs> I was wondering if you're gonna. I was wondering if you're gonna jump in on that one, Marcus. <laughs> hey, all that matters is you get back up. Right, right, right. Favorite K through twelve teacher, kindergarten through twelfth grade. Favorite teacher that motivated and inspired you to do the best. Um, 
there a teacher, her name is Mrs. Cleary, and she uh, uh, kind of inspired me to like the outdoors. I remember uh, her showing pictures of, you know, I don't know, mountains and different rocks and different things like that. And I thought that was always pretty cool. I, I might have been a, a science geek back then, too. No one knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? If she could see you now. Right. Yeah. She probably doesn't remember me. I was pretty quiet. <laughs> Those are the ones they remember. Like, that's my quiet one, the good one. Yeah. There. I have to deal with mm-hmm. people like me. <laughs> All right, Beatles, Rolling Stones, or Led Zeppelin? Stacey. Mm, I'd go with Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin. <laughs> nice. All right. Excellent. Favorite movie character you like to play out in real life? Uh, that's another tough one. Jeez. Um, I know since I started the trail, everyone has been, uh, there's been a lot of hikers telling me that they're going to do a movie about me one day, an inspiring movie one day. And all I can think of is when they, if someone follows me around on the trail, it's not going to be inspiring. It's going to be a comedy, and people are going to wonder who the heck let me on the trail. <laughs> so let me let me spin the question a little bit. Who do you want to play you in the upcoming awesome movie about you? Nice redirect. That's why we Coming in from on the there. side. Yeah. That's actually funny. There, there's been a lot of... Uh, that seems to be a popular question on the Appalachian Trail, and it's funny that two people kept being uh, named in different crowds. The same two people were Sandra Bullock and uh, I, uh, I can't think, I'm going blank on her name right now. And she plays in a movie with LeBron James. Yeah. Oh, oh, Amy oh, Schumer. Schumer. Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. Yeah, that's yeah. She is, Those are the two that keep coming up. Let me tell you something. That, that's, a, that's actually a hard question when I remember when, I, when they were when they were going to film Lone, that that came out that when they were picking the characters, you know, everybody has their movies they like to watch. You have your favorite actors and whatnot. But when it comes time to say, hey, who would you get to play you? That's a hard question. When it got sent to me, yeah. I, I just left that up to Pete. I'm like, man, you're the pro at this. So when they picked yeah, right. Wahlberg, I was like, hmm. you know, great, perfect. Now, with the rest of them, I had, you know, with Taylor and Ben, Ben Foster, he mm-hmm. was for Axe. I had him picked a long, long time ago. As soon as they, the concept was kind of coming around, I was like, you need to get this Joker to play X. So, yeah, I know you're a, you're a big fan of him as an actor. Yeah. Great guy, man. I love yeah. him to death. Thumbs up a lot. That's awesome. You know what? I think that was a good place. Is that place. good? All you right, yeah. We're going to wrap let's, that up. Uh, let's let's okay, take it. That's the yeah, I was sweating over here. <laughs> the hot seat's a little hot. <laughs> right? Well, that means that just means you're primed up and ready to go. So what we do is we finish up the Mad Minute. Great job. Like I said, it's a little unorthodox, but it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And it kind of gets you ready for um, basically why we bring you on here is just to connect you with our listeners and the motivation and kind of the, the step-by-steps that you had. So if, if you don't mind, if you could just kind of get into your greatest never quit story. All right. Um, I feel like my story is a little bit of a, a long story, but I guess I would start when I was diagnosed uh, with lupus when I was, I was diagnosed when I was around 19 years old. But I had it probably many years before I was actually diagnosed. Um, lupus is it's an autoimmune disease, yeah. and they say that it doesn't if it affects. Uh, there's no two people with the same exact symptoms that have lupus, so I think that probably mm. uh, makes it tough to diagnose. Um, mm. And a lot of people are diagnosed with something else before they're actually confirmed to have lupus, but. For me, and it affects everyone, so it affects everyone different, and it's basically your body attacks itself. Um, so people can look completely healthy on the outside, and uh, like inside your body is like attacking itself. Um, so for me, it, it really zones in on my spinal cord, lungs, uh, abdomen. Wow. I feel like, uh, actually, my birthday is on Groundhog Day, and my life kind of felt like Groundhog Day. <laughs> is that good? Uh, <laughs> so uh, I don't know if that's the, the guy upstairs, like his joke uh, <laughs> or what, but I'd end up in the hospital um, losing mobility really quick and I couldn't breathe um, and doctors tried to figure out what was going on and um, tried to stop whatever was going on. And I just remember laying in the hospital uh, a little bit, you know, I was very athletic. I, I couldn't 
still for nothing. In, in church on Sunday, I remember my mom putting her hand on my knee, like trying to get my knee to quit bouncing because I was always on, I just couldn't sit still. And I went from that to laying in the hospital and not being able to move at all. And But it's a, the first time this has happened more than once. So the first time it happened, I was pretty optimistic, like, not, you know, I'm going to walk again and uh, I'm going to get on my feet. I'm just going to go right back to living life. Mm-hmm. And I remember the second time it, it, this happened, I went into the hospital. Actually, I think I went by ambulance and I woke up in the hospital. And then I remember my mom looking over, looking down at me, and I didn't want to tell her that I couldn't move my legs. And I couldn't believe mm-hmm. that I just learned how to walk, you know, again, and this is happening again. And why is this, you know, happening? And I was kind of thinking, you know, I had these, my faith is really important to me. So uh, I remember thinking, you know, what did I not learn from the first time this happened? (laughs) Because this doesn't happen to someone twice. You don't lose your mobility again. And so I've just been searching every time. This happened probably four or five times until I finally lost my legs permanently now. I won't be able to regain my my legs back. Uh, But... This last time, I guess backing up a little bit, uh, March of 2014 was my worst flare-up where I walked into the hospital um, and then within a few days, I couldn't even lift up my head. I couldn't, all that was moving was my left arm and I couldn't control it. It just kind of flopped around um, so I could kind of use it, Uh, but it was very frustrating. It took two or three people to fight with my body to get and into a sitting position or transfer me anywhere. And I lost full independence and uh, it was frustrating. And I remember thinking, I just want to be outside. I want to be out uh, outdoors. Um, and this time, because it happened so many times, it is a little bit more like, I, can I come back from, you know, mm-hmm. this, this time I remember thinking and, um, so I walked into the hospital, and then I needed a power wheelchair when I left uh, left the hospital. And I was actually in school, which has been kind of that Groundhog Day thing. Is mm-hmm. every time I have a flare up, I lose mobility. I either um, have to I lose a job or school because I was in re- rehab trying to learn how to walk again. That would take a long time, and then I would have another flare up we've seen it and then i would get back to working and uh i jump right back into life and then i would end up flat you know back in the hospital uh with this flare up and then same thing it just kept happening over and over it seemed like and then this last time and then i would change my course and think okay god you don't want me to do this maybe i'll try this and i would kind of just keep changing, changing the plan, but still going at it full force. I felt like, um, and then this last time, and I would never tell anyone that I had lupus. So yeah. when I came out of the hospital, uh, even my, clo- like my friends, I would just come out with the old, everyone knows me as saying, I'm fine. I just need to toughen up. No big deal. You know, those are my like go-to things. Everyone knew something major was happening, but they would see me, I learned you put a smile on your face and, you know, everyone stops asking questions and sure. you can wow. just get back to living life. Okay, so I'm and, sorry to interrupt you, but I just want to ask sure. right here, because I'm sure you're going to move into um, the story about the, uh, the Appalachian Trail. But at this point, I mean, you're already suffering all these setbacks. Um, how mentally, well, you know, how are you dealing with this mentally? You know, what's your frame of mind? Uh, in the, the first time I was very, very positive. Uh, like I didn't even let it, like I just kept going. I tried not to think about it. I just, uh, I was going to walk again. I had no doubt I was going to walk again. Uh, this, the last time in 2014, I was a little bit more depressed, um, probably, but I still was optimistic. I still was, um, it wasn't, I wasn't as, uh, optimistic is the first time it, it felt a little bit different and just because i was kind of looking for what am i supposed to be doing with this the last time more, even more um because sure. i 
it was actually back in school again, and it was this happened eight weeks before my graduation, and I couldn't finish finish my clinical time because I had to spend time in the hospital with patients, and I couldn't walk. I couldn't do that from a power wheelchair, and it was like just eight weeks mm. away, and I was watching. Um, my friends, you know, all graduate, and I wasn't sure where my future was going. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember sitting, when I finally got out of the hospital, uh, sitting on my couch at home again thinking, okay, what is God, you know, what's he trying to teach me? I'm, I'm, if he's trying to teach me something, I need a big neon sign to yeah, drop on yeah. <laughs> Cl- <laughs> Cliff notes, please. Cliff notes, please. <laughs> Yeah, he's trying to teach me something. I'm totally missing it. And uh, and and when I started out life, what I wanted to do, my dream was I, I wanted to become a doctor and I wanted to work with Doctors Without Borders. And mm-hmm. uh, so I kept thinking, you know, I want to help people, but I can't do that from the hospital. And uh, and then, you know, this the last time when it was eight weeks before graduation, I was like, all right, I don't know what you want. <laughs> but then uh, I so, I don't know. I just had this feeling. I was sitting on the couch and I thought, well, maybe I'm just going at this wrong. Instead of forcing my plan on, you know, changing things, I just kind of thought, well, maybe I am supposed to be telling my story instead of hiding my story. Huh. Maybe struggling out loud is the story. Yeah. Like maybe if I, you know, open up and instead of hiding everything and, you know, maybe there's someone out there, you know, that won't do, makes it same mistakes or whatever you know maybe i can help other people so and give purpose give some purpose to the suffering yeah i want i really want to pivot onto the appalachian trail how important is humor to you is humor something one of the things i love and marcus now talk about this a lot we talk about making it through hell week and all these other things is humor is a survivor's best friend i mean humor is the wingman of all survivors and you laugh so easily and you have this really light musical laugh that's been so fun to hear how uh, big a part is humor and and you know humor uh, at yourself and then humor at other things humor is uh the it's a huge part um it's the way i i've gotten through a lot of bad things probably <laughs> oh it's, if i'm not laughing i would probably be crying so i i think mm-hmm. laughing i guess Hmm. Um, but I, and then when I'm probably in the hospital and when my friends walk in or my family and they have these sad, you know, faces, I, humor just, it's all I know how to, uh, That's fix so that, <laughs> you know, tell a lot of jokes, you know, it, it calms, calms things down. It helps you. Uh, I think it helps me keep going. Sure. You know, I know like when uh, I and I try to look as natural as possible, too, when people see me like I'll use my hands to cross my legs or put my hands in my pocket so I would look natural. Right. <laughs> I mean, we, we talk about. We, yeah, we do talk about that a lot. And, and you'll have all these shrinks and psychologists and everybody tries to find out why guys can make it through SEAL training. You know, yeah. you had a, um, a strict mother, whatever it is. And yeah. a lot of times yeah. we talk about it, man, it's our sense of humor. Guy, you have to have a sense of humor that can roll into the into the funny stuff and exactly. laugh about it, and into the dark stuff and laugh about it. And if you don't have that ability, exactly. then uh, everything exactly. is, is twice as hard. Definitely helps me get through things. Stacy, if uh, we'd love to hear about how you discovered the legs, how you decided that this was uh, hiking the trail was going to be right. You know your your next mission. Um, yeah, w- w- when did that become an idea and a thing and a goal? Uh. uh I just uh, didn't really want lupus controlling my life, I guess. It was one way. Um, you know, I I love the outdoors. I think another thing that's helped me is playing sports uh, growing mm-hmm. up. I played every sport. I was very athletic. And of the training I put into sports, because I would, I would come home and my friends would think I had a good game, but I'd see where I yeah. could improve. Um, and then I'd come home after a game and be practicing something that I thought I could improve on. And now I've taken that from that to learning how to walk and trying to find ways to walk through the tougher terrain on the Appalachian trail or whatever. Um, so I think that that's actually helped me and just, you know, laying in the hospital and so many times of, I just don't, I want to know that the next flare up that I have, um, and it seems like 
you know, it's, it's inevitable. It keeps happening. I, and if I don't regain my uh, arm strength back and I'm not able to balance on um, braces next time or, you know, lupus could take my life um, or whatever, I don't want to be laying in the hospital knowing that I didn't give everything I have every day to live in life. So right now, God's mm. giving me back somewhat of my arms. They're not the same. Um, people don't notice my arms are still affected. And, uh, and But, you know, I, I'm getting along. Uh, I'm able to get up and down mountains right now. And I'm just trying to enjoy life. And I don't want Lucas to stop me. So I, I just want to make sure I'm living cool as I can. So the next time I don't have any regrets. When did the Appalachian Trail become a way to, to live that out? I've always kind of wanted to do the Appalachian Trail, but I more was thinking I would do it in sections. And then um, because I keep having these mm. flare-ups, I thought it was now or never. I need to do it all now as a through hike or who knows when another flare-up is going to come. Um, so I just uh, it, it was kind of actually that moment when I kind of mentioned sitting on the couch asking God, like, you know, what am I missing here and, and telling my story. Um, and then I just decided to, you know, go out outdoors. I was wearing new braces uh, at the time. I wanted to uh, show insurance companies that it's worth paying uh, for the new technology. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. was one of my goals in the beginning. Um and then people started reaching out to me really quick and, uh, and telling me their story and their struggle. Um, and then it became more about um, everyone that was supporting me. Uh, and they helped me uh, push along on that Appalachian Trail when uh, the trail was uh, kicking my butt. <laughs> but, now these, these braces you have are, these are, pretty, these are pretty high speed, right? These are not your everyday, I, I believe I read their... <laughs> Seventy-five grand a pop. Uh, I don't think you're picking it up at Academy. Is that where no, you're going with that? Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's exactly. Yeah, that was exactly. They're not at, they're not at Oshman. No, they're not at Oshman. Yeah, Sports they're pretty amazing. Can you can you just briefly give us an idea of how how they function so people can understand? Tell us about Tony you Stark being and how it was to meet Iron Man to get those legs. <laughs> <laughs> how did you convince Tony uh, Stark to build those for you? Because I've got some things I'd like him to build me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the braces I wore um, in the beginning of the trail, they, uh, they, um, there's no motor in them. A lot of people think that there's a motor and they're actually walking for you. But that, right. um, but really what it is, is it's, it's more basic than it looks. Um, they, they allow me to be able to bend my knee when I'm walking, but I'm still walking using my upper body, my arms and my, uh, like hips make them work so my mm -hmm. body my upper body has to make the bottom of my foot hit the ground in a certain way um mm -hmm. and then depending on how it's hitting the ground so if i'm just standing straight with my feet flat um it tells the computer that big box on the side that my knees need to be um locked so i don't collapse and then i use my upper body to uh, basically balance in that way or my arms hanging on to something. And then when I'm walking, my orthotist explains it well. He says, uh, everyone, um, able-bodied people, when you're walking, you're actually falling forward and your leg catches you. So I'm yeah. actually doing the same thing. Your leg just automatically goes out. But when it strikes the heel, it locks my knee. Um, it, there are sensors on the bottom that say I need it locked. And then I use my upper body and my momentum to carry it over and then when it hits all the way to the toe, it releases the tension at the knee, so it bends. Um, and then I use my hip and my upper body again to pull through um, my leg. And it just, it's a cycle wow. of um, using my upper body. Uh, you're, you're, you're setting the standard. You're setting pace. What's been, the, what's been a moment along the trail, not the moment, but a moment, um, I mean, your whole life is this never quit story, but can you think of a specific moment on the trail, maybe in the early days where you literally had to muster everything that you've learned along the way to not quit yet? Can you tell us in the yeah. listeners story on the trail? Yeah, there's actually uh, several spots probably on the trail. Uh, in the beginning, I had to learn 
like my mom would tell me before I started the trail that I haven't, my brain hasn't realized that I'm paralyzed yet. And I would just kind of roll my eyes at her. Like, what are you talking about? But when I actually first got to the trail, I was like, oh, this must be what she's talking about. Like I'm using the same pack that I used when my legs were working and I filled it with the same things. And then I realized real quick that my legs not working. Um, you really do use your legs a lot to carry that pack. So, uh, uh, so there was the beginning part. I I was learn. I was just still learning how to walk. And, and then I threw that pack on and I felt like, uh, I thought my trail name was going to be a trail ostrich or something because my head just like slumps <laughs> down every time I put my pack on. Uh, but, uh, so there's the beginning part of just, uh, trying to figure it all out. Um, it, it, learning things and figuring out what I need in my pack, what I could do without. And then, but really Mount Katahdin, um, I, I failed at that, uh, mountain a few times. Um, and on my final attempt, uh, I was sitting on top of the mountain. Um, it was started out beautiful weather, but I was really slow and it's like, it's boulders that are like straight up mm-hmm. this mountain. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, I was sitting there and then it started pouring rain. Um, the winds were crazy. It was freezing temperatures. It was, uh, the rain turned into ice pellets that were just blowing in every direction. And the wind was knocking me down. And it was the wow. last part of the trail. Um, and I've, I've already failed three times, so I had to make it to the top. And I just kept thinking of, you know, all the time, you know, I think lupus and everything all in my life kind of prepared me for uh, that moment of continuing on. Uh, that hike because I think my mind and my body definitely quit a hundred times and then thinking of all the people that were supporting me along the entire hike and uh, didn't want to let anyone down and I just knew I had to reach the top of that mm-hmm. of Mount sure. Totten and, and the funny thing is is one year earlier I was hiking with a friend uh, just to check things out on the Appalachian Trail and I was using my locking graces the basic ones and we didn't make it to the top that time. But I remember when I came down, I told her, I'm like, I'm going to hike the whole entire Appalachian Trail, even if I have to crawl to that sign on Katahdin. And uh, I was literally crawling to the top. Um, I was like the wind knocking me over and mm. being at the top. And I was just remember kind of leaning my head up against that sign and kind of thinking about what I said a year ago. And I'm like, I was really movie. kidding, God. You're like, yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to me literally about this curl into the top. But, uh, it gives you what you want sometimes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, I just listening to you talk, it, it's one of those deals where a lot of people, when they get an affliction, they get a disease or something like that, it, if it, it attacks you on the inside. And normally, when, when we, we train ourselves to deal with a problem because we can see it, right? It's right in front of us and we know how to, to handle that. And when you, when you, mm-hmm. When you get something on the inside, you can't see it, but you can feel it. It's, it's kind of difficult for your body to uh, register. It's kind of like a hitchhiker. I mean, you pick that up. Yeah. And the, the beautiful <laughs> thing about it, man, you're out there on that trail. You're jacked up in your, in your kit, man. And you're taking, it's kind of like the doctor's prescription for lupus is go kick its ass on that trail. It's one of those things that lupus gets inside of you and it has its purpose. It's no, it knows why it's there. I'm here to take your legs and your lungs, right? And, and yeah. The right. fact that you get up and right. go out and do something against what that disease is supposed to do to you. I mean, am I'm in your mind and in my mind, when something like that happened, that's me fighting that thing, pushing it back. It has no idea what it's dealing with here. I mean, you're not going against the trail. You're walking against that, that lupus as well, right? That's that energy that's pushing you, even though it's kind of breaking you down and every step is just a step you know, forward down that trail and, and kind of forward in life, man, you don't let it control you. That's how, how you beat it. That's how you acknowledge it. Right. Because you can feel it while you're out there. And yeah. now I know it's here. And yeah, man, yeah. Crawl it's, in and do it's, it. like tra- it's like the trail is your arena and it's you going against lupus every day and beating the dog stuff out of it every day. And that's what, that's what, that's what the fight is. I mean, you're a perfect example of a person who can live through lupus i would imagine there's quite a few people who suffer from it and they're not out climbing trails that's the that's the that's something you can do right this is how far you can push yourself with this this ailment Mm -hmm. 
I just hope that, you know, this, the thing that um, when I was laying in the hospital this last, you know, in 2014 and losing mobility and not being able to breathe and thinking I wasn't going to graduate, you know, after several attempts at changing my, even my educational plan. And then I actually did graduate. Um, I did get up on my feet and finish out my clinicals and, um, Congratulations. and hiking the Appalachian Trail. Great. I just hope that when people hear my story that, you know, no matter how hard things look, um, you know, we just have to keep going because we don't know what the future holds if we keep going. And you could, uh, I feel like I could have quit then and things would have gotten worse. But um, I think if you just keep going and keep fighting and we just never know, you know, the possibilities that might happen if, if we give up too soon, that's, uh, what I always say, anyway. <laughs> yeah, kind of. You have this ridge line life where it's, you don't know what's on the other side until you get to the top of the ridge line, and that's just this always yeah. image I have is next ridge line, next ridge line, and and, and you know, the thing about ridge lines right. is, is it's not really comfortable. You don't want to build a house up there. You're getting all the best and all the worst of everything, but you can see what's next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Hey, so how's it been on the trail? Have you found people coming out to see you, coming out to walk with you, or have you found people like adjusting their daily life to come? So you're doing amazing things, and has that been a lot of fun? Um, yeah, it's been the best part of the trail, actually. Uh, people always think it's the views, uh, which they're pretty awesome, but it's really about the people. Um, the hiking community is just amazing. Um, no matter where you come from, your your you know your your abilities, your perspective on life, nothing matters when you're on the trail. Everyone just. Uh, it's a family out there and we call it, it's a trail family and uh, everyone supports each other, pushes each other. It's a, it's amazing. It's uh, a great, great community. I, I love getting to know so many people. I think I've um, met some really good um, lifelong friends uh, on the trail. It's been pretty amazing. Nice. Stacy. I have a question. You said something a minute ago that really hit me. And I believe it was a comment from your mother saying that you haven't yet realized you're paralyzed. Now, I don't know if I necessarily understood the context of that, but it made me think about, um, I want to ask you, how did you adjust? I mean, because in some ways you would have been forced to accommodate your situation. Like you said, you had loaded your pack um, and you were getting ready for the trail and then you realized this isn't going to work for me. So you're going to have to make some adjustments. But what Mm -hmm. I want to know is how did you, I, I assume it would have been tempting to, okay, now that I am accepting, you know, uh, what's affecting me to continue all the way to completely buying into what typically would be associated with the limitations of being a quadriplegic, which are certainly not going out and hiking. How did you prevent yourself? You know, how did you balance that? How did you, how did you keep from keep your motivation to, you know, excel beyond expectations, but at the same time, you know, realistically able to complete, you know, what you're going for. Yeah, I think I've just always believed that anything is possible. Um, so I've always had that mentality of trying to just, I don't do things like everybody else, and uh, but I can find another way to make it happen. So I think um, just from the first day in the hospital, I was trying to figure out, a, you know, a creative way to do anything, um, even graduate at that time, it started, you know, at a different, different goals. But I think, um, like what I was saying about sports, I always try to figure out a way to get better at something. And, um, that's the same thing with walking and trying to find creative ways to keep doing things that I love to do. So, um, I just, I just, I guess I just kept trying to figure out another way to do it. Um, Look, yeah, that's that's a perfect way to describe that because that the disease attacks people and attacks people differently. And and the one thing that the doctors can't can't identify. I mean, once they figure out what you have, they have they can't identify the the mental strength that you have, right? And that's what the disease can't anticipate either. I mean, when it drops into you, it's like eh, come in here, man. Everything I'm going to do my thing, and then it realizes, oh, you know, I'm, I, you know, I, the host I just picked up is. <laughs> Yeah. may not be wrong. compatible for me. I'm, yeah, wrong. So, I mean, you, <laughs> wrong. If you, it doesn't affect your mental capacity. I mean, and that drive just to overcome each hurdle that it throws at you makes you stronger. And, and, and also, man, makes the people around you stronger. You don't think 
somebody walking down that trail, seeing you uh, pushing yourself the way you are, doesn't motivate them to go even further. I mean, you're wrong because it does. I mean, I, I, you know, I hate climbing absolutely. hills and, and mountains. If I was walking through there and saw you, man, I'd absolutely pick my head up higher and my chest out oh, yeah. and keep going. <laughs> Marcus, I was thinking, like, you need to find a way to bring her. If she's not out on the trail, you need to bring her out to Exos with you one time to fire up some of these athletes and, right, and yeah. motivate them to level. I mean, shoot, even just me. So, hey, so one encouragement and then one question that will hopefully trigger those three things you're going to share with us. So, one, it's got to make you feel good to know – that even with lupus, even what it's done with your legs, even with all this other stuff, you're still faster at running than Marcus and I. That's got to, you just got to Great point. That <laughs> Probably you still run actually. faster than Marcus and I. And then uh, if... that horrible? If, if someone, I know, that's so true. Here's the situation <laughs> I want to put you in. Say, you know, you're walking a lap of tra- Appalachian Trail and there's a park and you're walking through it and a mom gets out with her three little girls and said, we heard about you. We don't want to hold you up, but if you could tell my daughter three things, my daughter's three things, what would those three things be? And and, and just give us three things that we can do today uh, to, to, to hit our own ridgeline. Yeah, I would love to hear that. Um, just uh, uh, some things that I think my mom uh, helped me with is she never, uh, one thing I, I admire about her is she never uh, discouraged me. She always gives me her opinion. She always tells me if she doesn't like something. She's always honest with me, um, but she never discourages me either. She's always supportive, and if I fall, she's there to uh, help me. She's there in the good and the bad. And uh, I think that um, what I would like ever little girls to, um, I, w- I hope that they just keep knowing that they can do anything and just, keep believing in themselves and pushing themselves and challenging themselves. And I think we only know what we can do. Um, you can't listen to the outside mm. noise of people mm. that tell you, you can't do something because of whatever reason, but uh, you, you know what mm-hmm. you can do. And if you believe you can do it, don't let anyone stop you. Um, that's, uh, I think the main thing I would really like, uh, little girls to keep, keep fighting, just keep fighting, whatever you go through, just keep fighting through it. <laughs> So keep fighting. It sounds like from your story, it sounds like the second one would be keep laughing. Keep laughing. Yeah, enjoy life. Always- enjoy life. Whatever it is out there, just enjoy life. But, you know, we only, as far as I know, we only get to do it once. So <laughs> enjoy it while we're here, you know. And find your trail. Find your ridge line. I mean, and then and walk it. Just walk it. Don't run it. A lot of times when you start running, man, those guys who are, you miss a lot. When you when you're moving slower, you see more. Yeah, actually, mm. that that's one thing I had to uh, being that competitive person that I am, and always you know, always mm-hmm. making myself better as an athlete. Um, when I started the trail, I had to know right off the bat that this isn't going to be pretty. I'm not going to be fast, but I'm going to finish this trail. That's what I kept telling myself. So. I had to uh, not be proud, you know, like that athlete that I always was, you know, just uh, making everything look good, I guess. I I had to embrace the, well, um, the only way I'm getting over these boulders is on my butt. So, you know, like I sit down on the boulder and have to carry my legs with my arms and try to get over certain areas. And and when hikers are passing me up, um, you know, being okay with, the fact that I'm really slow, <laughs> but well, they're trying to get past it so they stop feeling bad about themselves. If they're trying to get past it, they can stop feeling weak and start feeling strong again because you're pumping them out. Right? <laughs> yeah. Man, we gotta get out of here, man. Did you see that? Did you see what she was doing? Let's get out of here. I was feeling good about myself until I saw a lady carrying her own legs. I mean, God, I knows <laughs> oh my god! If I had to wrap these three things together, it would be you know. You know what you can do and keep believing that keep fighting for those goals that you put in front of yourself and keep laughing um yeah. because humor provides like rocket fuel that helps you do things that that uh it, i do believe humor is a fuel source and uh yeah humor is like that long energy it's, it stays with you a long time and, and it's the last thing anybody can take away from you if they can take it away at all and so was that is that a fair way to capture those three things definitely definitely um, yeah, I'll be using humor all the way, uh, all the way to my last breath. Well, I love to laugh. You got this really infectious laugh at me. <laughs> me laughing. 
Well, whenever you guys want to come out to the trail, um, I've got another 2,500 miles. It's going to take me a oh, while, so anytime you want to come out. Yeah, real, real quick, Stacy, you've got a lot going on. We're, we're curious, you know, what's next? Obviously, there's 2,500 miles that's in front of you. Um, How can people find can you? People, can people follow you? Uh, can they find you? Um, I don't know. Do you have a Not blog, a social media, anything either. like that, so they can follow your progress? Follow, follow you. <laughs> yeah, uh, Everyone uh, is then reaching out through Facebook, and uh, that seems to be the way, the easiest way people can find mm-hmm. me, probably. But and uh, if anyone sends me a message, I I don't always have um, service out here in the mountains, and it takes me a while sometimes. But I I plan on replying back to everybody, and I, I love hearing hearing from everyone. So if anyone wants to reach out through Facebook, that that would be awesome. Oh man, some vi- oh, downloads, dangerous. some videos. You're about to get thousands. I know probably. we're gonna we're gonna put this out, man, <laughs> and get people to video and and send you some motivation. Awesome, awesome, thank you. Well, fantastic. Well, you you got you got twenty you got twenty five hundred miles, and we don't we don't we don't want to slow you down. We're so grateful <laughs> for your time. We're so appreciative that you pulled off the trail long enough to visit with us. And I, I gotta tell you, this is one of the this is one of the the sessions I want to make sure my daughters listen to, not just my daughters, but guys that are getting ready to go to buds or guys that are getting ready to go in the NFL. I'm like, you need to listen to this because this lady's going to teach you how to aim high and never forget and find ways to laugh all the time. Oh, thanks. I'm honored to uh, be talking with you guys. Thanks so much for reaching out. (laughs) Our pleasure. And thanks for keeping Sasquatch alive. Thanks for that. That really, that really helped my, that made my day. (laughs) Yeah, good luck on the rest of your hike, and we'll we'll be following you. Thank you, thank you so much. I appreciate All it. Right. Take care. <laughs> Bye. And you wanted to talk about a, a positive, upbeat, never quit uh, person. I mean, that's her. That's that's just her. Man, I love doing this show, right? I mean, yeah, every time we have somebody come on here, man, you think uh, after all the stuff that the collective we've been through and seen and we share with each other and we always do, that's kind of the beauty about it, being in the teams, never ceases to amaze me. Every person we bring on here throws something out or, or, or tell us something. I was like, man, I, dang, dude. It's just that motivation from every person is unique. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? It just yeah. kind of gives you a perspective you don't ever think of. We get, we get to do that all the time. Man, thank, thank y'all out there for letting us do this even if it's not even if it's not new even if they're telling you something you heard from somebody else you know 20 high achievers saying the same thing i mean you, you probably have to listen you probably have to listen when these people keep saying the same thing over and over again yeah oh. yeah i believe that it works so like yeah. the power of humor man the, the power of humor hell week is one of the funniest things ever when you stop thinking about yourself i mean when you can stop thinking, i remember it was like doing around the world and the guys are like, sir, we got to keep running. I'm like, why? And they're like, cause there's a dragon chasing us. Mm-hmm, yeah. like, what? They're like, yeah, there's a dragon. Chasing right. us. I'm like, you know what? I don't, I'd love to see a dragon right now. I didn't hallucinate at all. I would love to see a dragon right now. All I know is I'm tired and it's cold and I don't see a dragon at all. Yeah. The hallucinations on Thursday <laughs> the, are epic. I didn't either. Really. I had, yeah, I, I spent yeah. so I was, much time. I was, I, had, robbed. I, was, I was robbed. Yeah. I was trying to get into that MRE. I had the four fingers of death back in the day. I don't think they have those anymore, man. We were parked up behind all the, yeah, behind the ships. We had paddled in there to hide. We thought we could hide. Like, Mm -hmm. they can't see us in here. (laughs) How'd that go for you? Oh, God. Did you actually think they weren't watching? Boy Scout landing. Oh, yeah, they did. And then they were like, hey, dump boat. So we we took our chem lights and went, (laughs) 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 you're so loopy at that point. And then one of the guys was trying to, uh, we had this great idea that the right side of the boat would try and sleep while the left side paddled. So we were doing a circle. And then the, the number two starboard was trying to, he's still in, I can't use his name, putting a, he was doing this. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, trying to get a candy bar. Will you leave me alone? He's putting a quarter in the life vest to the guy in front of him. And he kept pushing the button. I'm like, look at, look at this guy right here. And, was, and then he fell asleep and fell into the water. There is nothing more terrifying slash eye-opening than falling asleep and falling into that water oh yeah then they took us to boy scout landing and beat the piss out of us i had that exact experience i had the r r o i can't use his name right now either but goes in the water i look over completely almost in a disinterested fashion and he <laughs> dissolves like 
The only way I can describe it was like the um, the Lucky Charms marshmallows. Uh-huh. A fizz like Alka Seltzer. That's what he <laughs> he exploded into Lucky Charms marshmallows, fizz like oh. Alka Seltzer, and disappeared in the water. I turned around and, and I do remember saying, "Well, he's gone." <laughs> And going. looking out, and just prior to this, I, had been, I had been observing the entire Marine World War II encampment that had been emplaced across the entire San Diego Bay. <laughs> they had they had tanks, tents. I mean, there there were centuries. There there was everything, and it was amazing. That's we a were good paddling one. through this floating uh, encampment. It was that's a good one. I remember we were, we were paddling. We were paddling around, and one of my guys was paddling. He's like, "Hey, sir," I'm like, "What's up?" He goes. Hey, the man's here. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, the man's swimming next to our boat. And he says, we got to pay him. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know the man? Pay the man? He's right here. He's got dreadnoughts like our mermaid. He said he, he, he kind of looks like Shaq with dreadnoughts. I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Just the stuff. Oh, you know, we got to pay the man. Hey, you know, I'd be amazed. 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 I'd be you know, when you, when you have the, I mean, go to ESPN.com listeners, read the story about her iron will. It's an appropriate title. Uh, she's a motivational person, man, regardless of what you're dealing with. You know, she also, she almost made it sound simple. I mean, she was that easy going yeah. about it in the way she described yeah. it. It, it, it. It, for a moment there, you, it takes you out of the fact that she is a quadriplegic and she did 2,189 miles as a quadriplegic on her own across the wildest parts of, you know, the most re- remote parts of the eastern seaboard of the United States. That's incredible. Oh, yeah. It's heavy, man. Well, she, you know, she, how, casually, how casually she says 2,500 miles. She's just like, you know, like it's like, hey, hey I got to get a couple laps in in the pool. Like She's like, yeah, hey, I just I got 2,500 miles. I mean, just... The casual easiness with which he says that. She called us from the trail. Yeah. Most of these yeah. high end, we, we, right. we never talked to one of our ultra runners while they were running. No. <laughs> no, we have not. I mean, she called us from the deal. Right. Yeah, right. I didn't even put that together. I feel like I should have done that whole from, a, from, a put, from the push up position. <laughs> yeah. I should have just, yeah. from the push up position. God dang, girl. That's, that's man. Wow. Yeah. Um, but you know what, right now, because we get so many of these, so many uh, um, people inspired to write in, and you know what it does is it inspires us in return, doesn't it? It inspires yeah. us to, like, you know. Oh, man, we, you know, when we come in the this. office first thing in the morning, and you belt one of those out, it's, yeah. how do you not get motivated? I mean, did we talk about this exactly. morning. I, the night I had last night, <laughs> I walk up in here, man, I'm fired up now. All right, so this comes from Jack Costello. First of all, thank you all for your service and support for our country. I listen to y'all every Wednesday and sometimes a few times a week when I need a pickup. Like Mr. Luttrell, I was molded by my father who was a hard but fair man and a mother who was kind-natured and loving woman. I grew up working with my dad and his painting company, as did my brothers. Our father was harder on us than any of the men he had working for him. He'd say, I'm an asshole now, but hopefully when you're older, you'll see I was right. You'll know why I made you do all this. With that and a lot of bumps and bruises, I learned... And I grew to passionately love my work. One day, while I was painting a roof, I misstepped and went through a fiberglass skylight, 30 feet to the ground. Later, I was lying on the concrete floor. I didn't know that I had been knocked unconscious. And when I came to, I was more worried about fixing the skylight and finishing the job than I was about myself being hurt. I was taken to the hospital where the doctor said all they could do for me was amputate both legs from the knees down. That's my, it? Oh. That's all you can do for me? Well, my wife... How about an finally, aspirin? I mean, there's some other stuff you can <laughs> throw at me before you... You don't have to lead with that, Doc. A little too final, right? Can we try some other stuff? Can we try some other stuff first? <laughs> I, I could think of a couple possibilities before we go to that extent. Elevate, rest, ice, compression. I don't know. <laughs> when my wife got to me from Houston, as uh, I was nearly th- three hours away on this job, a new doctor was on and decided to send me to LSU Interim Hospital in New Orleans. There I spent the next month having multiple surgeries on my feet. I'd broken both feet with multiple fractures as well as one leg, an elbow, and a skull fracture. I asked my doctors how long until I could walk, and I was told four years, and only with some kind of aid in doing so. Well, I told them I was going to beat that. I came back to Houston to have two more surgeries on my feet and again asked when I could walk. 
This time the answer was two to three years, and still only with an aid in doing so. Once again, I said, I'm going to beat that. Over those three months since the fall, I'd read Mr. Luttrell's book and listened to some of the YouTube videos of him. Those gave me the spark to get up and go. I'd always know that I had it in me, but I just needed a little something to give me that push. That and a wife and two kids' motivation. I was up and walking within 10 months from the time of my accident, just in time for our wedding anniversary. I have just one more surgery to fix two bones in my feet that never healed correctly. I continue to listen to y'all to remind me that what I've went through is small by comparison to some, and that fortifies me to face my challenges daily. I want y'all to know how important the positive influence y'all are trying to spread is. With God's help and a want in your soul to continue on, anyone can overcome anything no matter what's in front of you. Thank you very much, Jack Costello. Well, I love what he just said, with want in your soul. Like, I love that phrase. I love that, with want in Uh, your soul. You know, mm -hmm. that want to. Mm -hmm. God dang, man, falling down, losing your legs. And then the doc says, hey, we'll just cut them off. Like, I'd be like, hey, are there other doctors in this hospital or within the area that that I can talk to? I remember when Andy, uh, and when when Hathaway got shot in in the chest, and the doc came in, and I was sitting in there, he's like, hey, man, you got a pericardial. He had a, there's a, around the heart, this thing called pericardial sac, and it can only hold, and I don't want to screw this up, I think it's three cc's of, of fluid in the sac before it starts to, to fibrillate, and you, you kind of go into a heart attack. Huh. It just grounds the heart out or suffocates it, right? Yeah. He had 30 cc's had leaked into that, slow leak, and the doc comes in, he's like, hey, he ain't going to make it, he's going to die. And uh, his <laughs> wife sitting there started crying, and Morgan and I were in there. Morgan grabbed that doctor and... Well, I'm going to talk about that, but we got a second opinion. He's still around and got 20 kids and, and all that. So we always wow. say this a lot. The doctors, they know the scientific part of it, the bone part of it, and what what's what, man. What they don't know is what's inside of you, right? That, that, that's different in mm-hmm. every person, man. That break is going to be the same. That leg bone, that's the same. But the, the drive that's inside of you to, mm-hmm. to push past that is what, what separates everybody. That and mental you gotta, approach and attitude. Yeah. I mean, this guy, he said he comes to us for motivation. Well, I mean, he just motivated us and everybody who listens to this mm-hmm. you got to understand no matter what you do in life if you're out there and, and everybody sees that, that we were seals well that's the, the path that we took and you had the path that you took and the separation that is probably about a degree right if you have that drive same as we did it doesn't the outcome or what we do in life mm-hmm. that's not the the most important part of it it's that part that's that's inside of you right and we all have that and uh, if you don't think for one second we couldn't grab anybody and, and turn them into what we are uh, in a matter of time, then they're, they're wrong. You absolutely can. Never forget that, man. Never forget that you control it, just like it's it, just like mm-hmm. you said, man. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. I love what you just said about being able to take anybody to do this. The components of being uncommon are incredibly common. There's no magic in it, right? It, it's, it's The components of being uncommon are extremely common. It just takes believing that they work. It's the fundamentals, right? That's really great, Clint. Yeah. I like that phrase a lot. Uh, it's, that's exactly. I mean, it's kind of like one thing where you, you you're like, oh, I don't know how to get that. I mean, I got to do this and this is that to get that spark environment. No, literally, right now, I'm telling you, it's inside you. We are telling you, you already have it. Go out and do something you think you couldn't do. You'd be surprised how fast it gets done. That's right. You just have to develop it. Right. That's the train. Yeah, absolutely, man. You you mold it. You you, shit, you you cut all the other the white noise, the fat away from it, man. And what you're left with is just that that blue flame. That's what we have is the blue flame. I mean, it, it burns so hard that it, nothing can put that out in us. And those people who are still kind of in the beginning stages of that, they, you know, they got the red fire in them and they know it's there. And, and as you push, man, the harder you go and those hard times are what fires that thing up, makes it burn hot and, and, and hotter. Hell, Stacy, man, she just, she's a walking inspiration. No pun intended, but absolutely yeah, is. Thank you, Stacy. Um, thank you, Jack, for writing in. Um, and, and guest today, it's been uh, yeah, another man. fantastic episode. So, Marcus, Clint, you guys want to give your thanks? We'll give Clint the uh, the last word for his being our our guest today, which we again really appreciate you coming on and helping uh, take the helm here yeah, uh, for another sure. show. While Dave's uh, while Dave's off on vacation. Yeah, thanks, man, Jack. Thank you for writing in, man, and and. Uh... That correlated good with, with Stacy and what she was talking about, man. It's just unbelievable to do this show. It, it really is, man. Sit behind this microphone and hear all this. So thank you all for that. Thank you all for bringing us back and letting us keep uh, keep doing this and bringing these amazing people on. We promise we'll keep doing it to the best of our ability. Thank you. 
Thanks to the father of my family, my family, my friends, the opportunity to be here, and I'm out. I'm out.